Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Section 33 of the Best Short Stories of 1917. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Betty B. The Best Short Stories of 1917 by various the best sixty-three american short stories of nineteen seventeen a critical summary the sixty-three short stories published in the american magazines during nineteen seventeen which i shall discuss in this article are chosen from a larger group of about one hundred and twenty-five stories whose literary excellence justified me in including them in my annual roll of honor the stories which are included in this roll of honor have been chosen from the stories published in about 65 American periodicals during 1917. In selecting them, I have sought to accept the author's point of view and manner of treatment, and to measure simply the degree of success he had in doing what he set out to achieve. But I must confess that it has been difficult to eliminate personal admiration completely in the further winnowing which has resulted in the selection of 63 stories. Below are set forth the particular qualities which have seemed to me to justify in each case the inclusion of a story in this list. 1. The Excursion by Edwina Stanton Babcock, The Pictorial Review, is in my belief one of the best five American short stories of the year. It is significant because of its faithful and imaginative rendering of American folk life, because of its subtle characterization and the successful manner in which it reveals the essentially racy humor of the American countryside, with the utmost economy of means. The characterization is achieved almost entirely through dialogue, and the portraiture of the characters is rendered inimitably in a phrase or two. In this story, as well as in The Band, Miss Babcock has earned the right to a place beside Frances Bazell as a regional story writer fairly comparable to John Trevena's renderings of Dartmoor. 2. The Brothers by Thomas Beer, The Century Magazine, will remind the reader in some respects of Frederick Stuart Green's story, The Black Pool, published in The Grim Thirteen. But apart from a superficial resemblance in the substance with which both writers deal, the two stories are more notable in their differences than in their resemblances. If the brothers is less inevitable than the black pool, it is perhaps a more sophisticated work of art, and I am not sure but that its conclusion and the resolution of character that it involves 
is not more artistically convincing than the end of the black pool it is certainly a memorable first story by a new writer and would of itself be enough to make a reputation mr beer is the most original new talent that the century magazine has discovered since stacy Amonier. three ani by thomas beer the century magazine has a certain stark faithfulness which makes of somewhat obvious material an extremely vivid and freshly felt rendering of life there is a certain quality of observation in the story which we are accustomed to think of as a gallic rather than an american trait i think that mr beer has slightly broadened his canvas where greater restraint and less cautious use of suggestion would have better answered his purpose but ani is a better story than the brothers to my mind and mr beer by virtue of these two stories is one of the two or three most interesting new talents of the year four ironstone by phyllis Bottom, the century magazine to those who have enjoyed in recent years the admirable social comedy and deft handling of english character to which miss Bottom has accustomed us ironstone must have come as a surprise in its revelation of a new aspect in the author's talent akin to the kind of tale which is found at its best as a middle in the london nation it compresses the emotion of a greek drama into a space of perhaps four thousand words i find that the closing dialogue in this story is as certain in its march as the closing pages of writers to the sea and the catharsis is timeless in its final solution five from hungary by john breck the bookman is perhaps not to be classified as a short story but the academic limitations of the short story have never interested me greatly and in its own field this short fiction sketch is memorable its secret is the secret of atmosphere rather than speech but atmosphere here becomes human in its reality and the resultant effect is not unlike that of when hannah var eight yar old by miss girling which appeared in the atlantic monthly a few years ago john breck or elizabeth c a smith to reveal her authorship has found complete embodiment for her conception in this story for the first time and it is a promise for a vivid and interesting future six the flying teuton by alice brown harper's magazine is the best short story that has come out of this war as yet in either english or american magazines excepting the old legend of the flying dutchman miss brown has imagined it re-embodied in a modern setting and out of the ironies of this situation a most dramatic story results with a sure and true message for the american people it is in my opinion one of the five best short stories of the year and i am happy to say that it will soon be accessible to the public once more in book form seven closed doors and eight a cup of tea by maxwell struthers burt both in scribner's magazine in these two stories and in the glory of the wild green earth john o'may and le panache all of which appeared in scribner's magazine during the past year a place is made for the author among american short story writers besides that of mrs Giroux, wilbur daniel steele and h g dwight two years ago i had the pleasure of reprinting his first short story 
the water hole in the best short stories of 1915. I thought at that time that Mr. Burt would eventually do fine things, but I never suspected that in the short period of two years he would win for himself so important a place in contemporary American letters. Mr. Burt's technique is still a trifle over-sophisticated, but I suppose this is a fault on virtue's side. A collection of Mr. Burt's short stories in book form should be anxiously awaited by the American public. 9. Lonely Places and 10. The Long Vacation by Francis Bazell. The Pictorial Review. The attentive reader of American fiction must have already noted two memorable stories by Francis Bazell published in previous years, Addie Herb and Her Girl Lottie and Ma's Pretties. These two stories won for Mr. Bazell an important position as an American folk writer, and this position is amply sustained by the two fine stories which he has published during the past year. His imaginative realism weaves poignant beauty out of the simplest and most dusty elements in life, and it is my belief that it is along the lines of his method and that of Miss Babcock that America is most likely eventually to contribute something distinctively national to the world's literary culture. 11. The Mistress by Fleeta Campbell, Harper's Bazaar, is most highly polished and sharply outlined story of the war. It makes an art out of coldness in narration, which serves to emphasize and bring out by contrast the human warmth of the story's substance. 12. The Foundling by Gunnar Sederschold, Collier's Weekly. Readers who recall the fine series of stories by Alden Brooks published during the past two years in Collier's Weekly and The Century Magazine will find in The Foundling a story equally memorable as a ruthless portrayal of the effects of war. Whether one approves or disapproves in general of the ending is irrelevant in this case. This story must take its place as one of the best dozen stories of the war. 13. Boys Will Be Boys, 14. The Family Tree, and 15. Quality Folks by Irvin S. Cobb, all in the Saturday Evening Post. It is seven years since Irvin Cobb published his first short story, The Escape of Mr. Trim, in the Saturday Evening Post. During that short period, he has passed from the position of an excellent journalist to that of America's most representative humorist, in the truer meaning of that word. Upon him the mantle of Mark Twain has descended, and with that mantle he has inherited the artistic virtues and the utter inability to criticize his own work that was so characteristic of Mr. Clemens. But the very gusto of his creative work has been shaping his style during the past two years to a point where he may now fairly claim to have mastered his material and to have found the most effective human persuasiveness in its presentation. Our grandchildren will read these three stories and thank God that there was a man named Cobb once born in Paducah, Kentucky. 16. Laughter, Harper's Magazine, and 17. Our Dog, Pictorial Review by Charles Caldwell Doby. The rapid rise of Mr. Doby in less than two years from the date when his first short story was published challenges comparison with the similar career of Maxwell Struthers Burt. As Mr. Burt's art has its analogies 
with that of mrs gerule so mr dobie's art has its analogies with that of wilbur daniel steele i am not certain that mr dobie's talent is not essentially that of a novel writer but certainly at least four of the short stories which he has published during the past year are notable artistic achievements in widely different moods if tragedy prevails it is purified by a fine spiritual idealism which takes symbols and makes of them something more human than a mere allegory if an american publisher were courageous enough to start publishing a series of volumes of short stories by contemporary american writers he could not do better than to begin with a selection of mr dobie's tales eighteen a little nipper of hide-and-seek harbor by norman duncan pictorial review this story has a melancholy interest because it was the last story sold by its author before his sudden death last year but it would have been remembered for its own sake as the last and not the least important of the long series of newfoundland sagas which mr duncan has given us it shows that norman duncan kept his artistic vigor to the last and those who know newfoundland can testify that such stories as these will always remain its most permanent literary record nineteen the emperor of elam by h g dwight the century magazine those who have read mr dwight's volume of short stories entitled stambul nights do not need to be told that mr dwight is the one american short story writer whom we may confidently set beside joseph conrad as a master in a similar literary field american editors have been diffident about publishing his stories for reasons which cast more discredit on the american editor than on mr dwight and accordingly it is a genuine pleasure to encounter the emperor of elam and to chronicle the hardihood of the editor of the century magazine the story is a modern odyssey of adventure set as usual in the turkish background with which mr dwight is most familiar in it atmosphere is realized completely for its own sake and as a motive power urging the lives of his characters to their inevitable end twenty the gay old dog by edna ferber metropolitan magazine is in my opinion the big story which the eldest was not it is my belief that edna ferber is a novelist first and a short story writer afterwards but in the gay old dog she has accepted a theme which can best be handled in the short story form and has made the most of it artistically much as fanny hurst has done in all of her better stories miss ferber has not sentimentalized her substance as she does most often but has let it remain at its true valuation twenty one bread crumbs by waldo frank seven arts magazine i cannot help feeling that this is an extremely well-written and honestly conceived story whose substance is essentially false but the author has apparently persuaded himself of its truth and presents it almost convincingly to the reader be this as it may mr frank has not failed to make his two characters real for us and the poignancy of their final revelation is certainly genuine mr frank however should save such material as this for longer fiction as his method is essentially that of a novelist twenty two pearls before swine by cornelia throop gear atlantic monthly with a quiet and somewhat reticent art the author of this story has succeeded 
in deftly conveying to her readers a delicate pastoral scene of innocence reflecting the dreams of two little irish children it was a difficult feat to attempt as few can safely reproduce the atmosphere of an alien race successfully and even to irish americans ireland cannot be sufficiently realized for creative embodiment i am told that a volume of irish stories is promised from the pen of miss gear and it should take its place with the better folk stories of modern irish life miss gear's method is the result of identification with rather than condescension toward her subject twenty three east of eden harper's magazine twenty four the hand of jim fane harper's magazine twenty five the night's move atlantic monthly twenty six the wax doll scribner's magazine and twenty seven what they seem harper's magazine by catherine fullerton Gerroul. in these five short stories mrs Gerroul amply sustains her claim to rank as one of the three most distinguished contemporary writers of the american short story preoccupied as she is with the subtle rendering of abnormal psychological situations her work is in the great traditional line whose last completely adequate exponent was henry james one and all these stories have the fascination of strange spiritual adventure and the persuasiveness of her exposition conceals inimitably the closely woven craftsmanship of her work of these five stories the knights move and east of eden surely represent a development in her art which it will be almost impossible for her to surpass twenty eight dare's gift by ellen glasgow harper's magazine i prefer to beg the question whether this is a short story or a very short novel it certainly has the unity of a well-defined spiritual incident and if one recalls its substance it is only to view it as a completely rounded whole as such it is surely as fine a study of the influence of place as mrs wharton's kerfall or mrs pangborn's bixby's bridge the brooding atmosphere of a house mindful of its past and reacting upon successive inmates morally or perhaps immorally has seldom been more faithfully rendered twenty nine the hearing ear harper's magazine and thirty a jury of her peers every week by susan glassbell it is always interesting to study the achievement of a novelist who has won distinction deservedly in that field when that novelist attempts the very different technique of the short story it is particularly interesting in the case of susan glassbell because with these two stories she convinces the reader that her future really lies in the short story rather than in the novel few american writers have such a natural dramatic story sense and to this susan glassbill has added an increasing reticence in the portrayal of her characters in these two stories you will not find the slightest sentimentalization of her subject matter nor is it keyed so tightly as some of her previous work a jury of her peers is one of the better folk stories of the year sharing that distinction with the excursion by miss babcock and the two stories by francis bazell of which i have spoken above thirty one his father's flag by armistead c gordon scribner's magazine the many readers who have reveled in mr gordon's admirable portraits of virginia negro plantation life will be surprised 
and gratified at mr gordon's venture in this story into a new field this story has all the infectious emotional feeling of memory recalling glorious things and i can only compare it for its spiritual fidelity toward a cause to the stories by elsie singmaster which she has gathered into her volume about gettysburg and particularly to that fine story the survivors thirty two the bunker mouse and thirty three molly mcguire fourteen by frederick stuart green the century magazine captain green's story the cat of the canebrake attracted so much attention at the time of its publication in the metropolitan magazine a year ago that it is interesting to find him achieving high distinction in other imaginative fields captain green's natural gift of narrative is the result of a strong impulse toward creative expression which molds its form a little self-consciously but convincingly for the most part i think that he is at his best in these two stories rather than in the cat of the canebrake and the black pool because they are based upon a more direct apprehension and experience of life molly mcguire fourteen adds one more tradition to those of the virginia military institute thirty four rainbow pete by richard matthews hallett the pictorial review reveals the author in his most incorrigibly romantic mood mr hallett casts glamour over his creations partly through his detached and pictorial perception of life and partly through the magic of his words he has been compared to conrad and in a lesser way he has much in common with the author of lord jim but his artistic method is essentially different and quite as individual thirty five phrasy by lee foster hartman harper's magazine mr hartman has been a good friend to other story writers for so long that we had begun to forget how fine an artist he can be himself in phrasy he has taken a subject which would have fascinated mrs Gerould and handled it with reserve and power it is pitched in a quieter key than is usual in such a story and the result is that character merges with atmosphere almost imperceptibly i regard the story as almost a model of construction for students of short story writing thirty six four days by hetty hemingway atlantic monthly this remarkable story of the spiritual effect of the war upon two young people was so widely commented on not only after its appearance in the atlantic monthly but later when it was republished in book form that i shall only commend it to the reader here as an artistically woven study in war psychology thirty seven get ready the wreaths by fanny hurst cosmopolitan magazine the artistic qualities in miss hurst's work which have commended themselves to such disinterested critics as mr howells are revealed once more in this story in which miss hurst accepts the shoddiness of background which characterizes her literary types and reveals the fine human current that runs beneath it all i am not sure that miss hurst has not diluted her substance a little too much during the past year and in any case that danger is implicit in her method but in get ready the wreaths the emotional validity of her substance is absolutely unimpeachable and her handling of the situation it presents is adequate and fine thirty eight journey's end by percy adams hutchison harper's magazine 
an attentive reader of the american short stories during the past few years may have observed with interest at rare intervals the work of mr hutchison in it there was always a promise of an achievement not unlike that of percival gibbon but a certain looseness of texture prevented mr hutchison from being completely persuasive in journey's end however it must be confessed that he has written a memorable sea story that is certainly equal at least to the better stories in mr kipling's latest volume thirty nine the strange-looking man by fanny kemble johnson the pagan i suppose that this story is to be regarded as a sketch rather than a short story but in any case it is a vividly rendered picture of war's effects portrayed with subtle irony and quiet art i associate it with shawtonville by will levington comfort and the flying teuton by alice brown as one of the three stories with the most authentic spiritual message in american fiction that the war has produced forty the sea turn by e clement james the seven arts in this study of the spiritual reactions of a starved environment upon an imaginative mind mrs jones has added a convincing character portrait to american letters which ranks with the better short stories of j d beresford in a similar genre the story is in the same tradition as that of the younger english realists but it is an essential contribution to our nationalism and as such helps to point the way toward the future in which a true national literature must find its only and inevitable realization forty one the caller in the night by burton klein the stratford journal i believe that mr klein has completely realized in this story a fine imaginative situation and has presented a folk story with a significant legendary quality it is in the tradition of hawthorne but the substance with which mr klein deals is the substance of his own people and consequently that in which his creative impulse has found the freest scope it may be compared to its own advantage with the lost phoebe by theodore dreiser which was equally memorable among the folk stories of nineteen sixteen and the comparison suggests that in both cases the author's training as a novelist has not been to his disadvantage as a short story teller forty two when did you write your mother last by addison lewis reedy's mirror this is the only story i have read in three years in which it seemed to me that i found the authentic voice of o henry speaking mr lewis has been publishing a series of these tales while you wait in reedy's mirror during the past few months and i should much prefer them to those of jack late for the complete success with which he has achieved his aims imitation of o henry has been the curse of american storytelling for the past ten years because o henry is practically inimitable mr lewis is not an imitator but he may well prove before very long to be o henry's successor in the words of padna dan and micah's pat here's the chance for someone to make a discovery forty three widow la rue by edgar lee masters reedy's mirror this is the best short story in verse that the year has produced and as literature it realizes in my belief even greater imaginative fulfillment than spoon river anthology i should have most certainly wished to include it in the best short stories of nineteen seventeen had it been in prose and it adds one more unforgettable legend 
to our folk imagination. 44. The Understudy by Johnson Morton, Harper's Magazine, is an ironic character study developed with much finesse in the tradition of Henry James. Its defect is a certain conventional atmosphere which demands an artificial attitude on the part of the reader. Its admirable distinction is its faithful rendering of a personality not unlike the taunt of Anne Douglas Sedgwick, if a novel portrait and a short story portrait may fittingly be compared. If the portraiture is unpleasant, it is at any rate rendered with incisive kindliness. 45. The Heart of Life by Meredith Nicholson, Scribner's Magazine. Mr. Nicholson has treated an old theme freshly in The Heart of Life and discovered in it new values of contrasting character. Among his short stories, it stands out as notably as a Hoosier Chronicle among his novels. It is in such work as this that Mr. Nicholson justifies his calling, and it is by them that he has most hope of remembrance in American literature. 46. Murder by Sumas O'Brien, The Illustrated Sunday Magazine. With something of Hardy's stark rendering of atmosphere, Mr. O'Brien has portrayed a grim situation unforgettably, woven out of the simplest elements and with an entire lack of literary sophistication his story is fairly comparable to the work of Daniel Corkery, whose volume, A Munster Twilight, has interested me more than any other volume of short stories published in America this year. The story is of particular interest because Mr. O'Brien's reputation as an artist has been based solely upon his work as a satirist and Irish fabulist. 47. The Interval by Vincent O'Sullivan Boston Evening Transcript. It is odd to reflect that a literary artist of Mr. Sullivan's distinction is not represented in American magazines during 1917 at all, and that it has been left to a daily newspaper to publish his work. In the interval, Mr. O'Sullivan is sought to suggest the spiritual effect of the war upon a certain type of mind. He has rendered with faithful subtleness the newly aroused longing for religious belief or some form of concrete spiritual expression that bereavement brings. This state has a pathos of its own that the author adequately realizes in his story, and his irony in portraying it is Gallic in its quality. 48. Bixby's Bridge by Georgia Wood Pangborn, Harper's Magazine. Mrs. Pangborn is well known for her artistic stories of the supernatural, and this will rank among the very best of them. She shares with Algernon Blackwood that gift for making spiritual illusion real, which is so rare in contemporary work. What is specially distinctive is her gift of selection, by which she brings out the most elusive psychological contrasts. 49. A Certain Rich Man by Lawrence Perry, Scribner's Magazine. I find in this story an emotional quality keyed up as tightly but as surely as in the best short stories by Mary Sinon. Remote as its substance may seem, superficially, it touches the very heart of the experience that the war has brought to us all, and reveals the naked stuff out of which our war psychology has emerged. 50. The Portrait by Emery Pottle. The Touchstone. This study in Italian backgrounds is by another disciple of Henry James, 
who portrays with deft sure touches the nostalgia of an american girl unhappily married to an italian nobleman it just fails of complete persuasiveness because it is a trifle overstrung but nevertheless it is memorable for its artistic sincerity fifty one the path of glory by mary brecht pulver saturday evening post this story of how distinction came to a poor family in the mountains through the death of their son in the french army is simply told with a quiet unassuming earnestness that makes it very real it marks a new phase of mrs pulver's talent and one which promises her a richer fulfillment in the future than her other stories have suggested time and time again i have been impressed this year by the folk quality that is manifest in our younger writers and what is most encouraging is that when they write of the poor and the lowly there is less of that condescension toward their subject than has been characteristic of american folk writing in the past fifty two miss fothergill by norval richardson scribner's magazine the tradition in english fiction which is most signally marked by pride and prejudice cranford and barchester towers and which was so pleasantly continued by the late dr s weir mitchell and by margaret deland is admirably embodied in the work of this writer whose work should be better known the quiet blending of humor and pathos in miss fothergill is unusual fifty three the scar that tripled by william gunn shepherd metropolitan magazine is none the less truly a remarkable short story because it happens to be based on fact the deserter was the last fine short story written by the late richard harding davis and the scar that tripled is the engrossing narrative of the adventure which suggested that story personally i regard it as superior to the deserter fifty four a country christmas by grant showerman century magazine professor showerman's country chronicles are now well known to american readers and this is quite the best of them these sketches rank with those of hamlin garland as a permanent and delightful record of a pioneer life that has passed away forever their deliberate homeliness and consistent reflection of a small boy's attitude toward life have no equal to my knowledge fifty five the christmas angel the pictorial review and fifty six the flag of alephalet boston evening transcript by elsie singmaster add two more portraits to the pleasant gallery of elsie singmaster's vivid creations although her vein is a narrow one no one is more competent than she in its expression and few surpass her in the faithful rendering of homely but none the less real spiritual circumstance fifty seven the end of the road by gordon arthur smith scribner's magazine is a sequel to feet of gold and chronicles the further love adventures of ferdinand Tylandi and their tragic conclusion in these two stories mr smith has proven his literary kinship with leonard merrick and these stories surely rank with the chronicles of trichotrin and pitou fifty eight ching ching chinaman pictorial review fifty nine ked's hand harper's magazine sixty white hands pictorial review and sixty one the woman at seven brothers harper's magazine by wilbur daniel Steele. with these four stories together with a devil of a fellow free and a point of honor mr Steele assumes his rightful place 
with Catherine Fullerton Giroux and H. G. Dwight as a leader in American fiction. Ching Ching Chinaman, White Hands, and The Woman at Seven Brothers are, in my belief, the three best short stories that were published in 1917 by an American author, and I may safely predict their literary permanence. Mr. Steele's extraordinary gift for presenting action in spiritual conflict pictorially is unrivaled, and his sense of human mystery has a rich tragic humor akin to that of Thomas Hardy, though his philosophy of life is infinitely more hopeful. 62. None So Blind by Mary Sinon, Harper's Magazine, is a study in tragic circumstances, the more powerful because it is so reticently handled. It is Miss Sinon's first profound study in feminine psychology and reveals an unusual sense of emotional values. Few backgrounds have been more subtly rendered in their influence upon character, and the action of the story is inevitable despite its character of surprise. 63. The Scar by Elizabeth Stead Tabor, The Seven Arts. The brutal realism of this story may repel the reader, but its power and convincing quality cannot be gainsaid. So many writers have followed John Fox's example in writing about the mountaineers of the Alleghenies, that it is gratifying to chronicle so exceptional a story as this. It is as inevitable in its ugliness as The Cat of the Canebrake by Frederick Stuart Green, and psychologically it is far more convincing. End of section 33. End of The Best Short Stories of 1917 by Various. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.